0: Hello, welcome to episode number 14 of Off Air. It's the weekly news, sport and pop culture podcast that comes out in the middle of your week where Nick Stewart and I pull apart the three biggest stories that are floating around so far. Um, Every single week, Nick doesn't know the topics. I spring them on him, but I like to tell you what they are beforehand so you can play along. Uh, What have we got this week? We've got the Sovereign Citizens Movement Our PM, Scott Morrison, is not happy about it. The question, is Ellen cancelled? Plus, the worst joke I think probably ever, an Aussie comedian is being roasted for making a joke about the mosque shooting. That's all coming up on the other side of this. Plus, we have a Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, we would love to see you hanging out in there. Just search Off Air on Facebook. And say hello, Tim Nick. Yeah, with Nick, Nick and Tim? It's
1: real talk. Ay, it's real walk. the same gossip. is just what we say Should when we're we off air. It's real talk. It's real talk. Just two opinions. We
0: spit what we I say you, we, we off air. real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions. We spit what we say yeah, when we, we off air. Hello, Nick Stewart, my friend. G'day, Good to speak mate. to you this week.
1: I know, lovely to speak to you as well. I often feel like. Uh, a vi- I often feel very proud that Australia is a, a big country, but a small population, and we all share a, a set of ideals. Uh, and I'm not saying that the ideals have changed, but at the moment, mate, it does feel like you're in another country being down in Victoria and myself being up in Queensland. So yeah. f- before we get into anything else, I'd just like to ask you how you're going.
0: Oh, man. Um, highs and lows. Um If you – I feel like there's a sense of irony because if you happened to be listening last week, you would have heard me bragging, going, how great is it to live in regional Victoria where there's no restrictions? (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Oh, Um, man. Yeah. So, I I think it's always important uh, with
1: these things – Because you and I do this for you if you're tuning in, but we also do it for ourselves. And it is, uh, I think today's the 4th of August. Uh, And things are very, very different. And it's a very, very different time to be alive. And the restrictions that are in place for you in Victoria, which is a state in the same country that I live in, are exceptionally extreme. Do you want to run through some of them?
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So for all of Victoria, everybody goes into at least level three locked or stage three lockdown as of midnight tonight, which is Wednesday night. Um, And Melbourne itself goes into stage four lockdown, which is even tougher. Basically, there's a curfew because we all know that coronavirus hunts at night. Um, (laughs) uh, You also, if you live in Melbourne, you can't exercise for more than an hour a day. Um, and I think you basically have to do everything by yourself. Um, I have seen a few people posting saying, "Dan Andrews, how optimistic of you thinking that I exercise for an hour a day." Um,
1: <laughs> I, I guarantee you, they will be in a week's time, though. You will, I guarantee you, yeah. everyone will be sucking the life out of that hour because you yeah. know we were all there at Easter and we were all living in a similar similar environment, obviously minus the face masks and the five kilometer restrictions. But um, yeah, you need that oh, yeah, hour
0: masks. Yeah, it's, it's really weird, actually, like when the news came through and we'd been talking about it uh, just with my friends and everybody saying, oh, it's probably going to come. But when we did watch Dan Andrews conference on Sunday, it was like a real blow because it just to kind of mentally get yourself back in that place again and go, OK, here we go. Another six weeks, like, you know that you can do it and, you know, it's not that bad, but it's just like it's 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 annoying to have to do it again and to have to do it for such a dumb reason. because. There have been all these idiots who haven't been isolating when they've got bloody COVID. Well, that's the craziest
1: thing. There was, I believe, two days ago, there was 4,000 spot checks done of people who are, are positive to the COVID virus currently, which means that they can spread it. And 20%, 800 people were not at their homes, which just, I know how angry that makes me sitting in Queensland, but I cannot fathom how angry it would make anyone that is sitting in Victoria that is in the majority doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. And I, I like the one thing that I like is that the fines, like the police are just doubling down on this stuff now. Now people can be fined up to $19,000. Yeah. And businesses who are issuing uh, like warrants um, or notes for their workers saying that they're essential when they're actually not can be fined up to, I think, $100,000. Wow. So they're just cracking down. They've just, but they've got to do it, they have to do it. We've got to beat this.
1: Yeah, it has to be. We don't have We're, options. No, you're exactly right. It has to be done. And you look at, you look, you know, uh, 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 an hour or so before we record this podcast, Dan Andrews, uh, Dan Andrews who's the Premier of uh, Victoria, his latest address, uh, and they've had, again, over 700, uh, 700 new cases in the past 24 hours and over 15 deaths. Uh, and you look at those numbers and you can't, you know, living in a country like Australia where we don't, Uh, have a huge, huge mortality rate, 15 deaths is, is, is 15 families that are affected by this in the past 24 hours and 15 communities that are going to feel that loss. And, and when you compare that number to America, where over a thousand people a day are dying, you just, you have to do this. You have to lock down because we don't want to get there.
0: Let's do it. Let's kick it in the butt and let's never have to do this again. That's the plan. Go team. Nick, I want to, <laughs> let's move on. Nick, um, let's do our Nick picks. This is where we give our, our recommendations for the week. I would love for you to give me a great recommendation. Give me something that I can do in my ISO time. <laughs> 'cause so I've got a lot of it. I've got no plan. I
1: don't I didn't make face masks. I'm so sorry. I don't I don't have a great nick pick for this week. I've been all consumed. I'm still if you, if you tuned into last week I'm deep in a video game, uh Ghosts of uh, Tsushima. Oh, you know I'll what? F- There's actually what? uh I will say a, a great thing for Victorians uh, at the yeah. moment uh, is there is a lot of uh uh, I don't want to use the term influencers because they're sort of dickheads, but there's a lot of fitness personalities that are offering their courses for free. And Tiff Hall is a great, uh, an incredible human being uh, uh, with an incredible work ethic. And she is doing uh, online Zoom courses. Uh, so classes together and she does them three times a week. It's the first hundred people in. It's open to the general public and you get oh, cool. to do a PT session with Tiff Hall. And I think that website is called tiffallxo.com
0: Oh, I like that. Okay, thank you. That's a very good Nick pick. I like that much more than the ghost of Pizza Hut or whatever. It's a Shima. It's a great is. game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going yeah. very well, by the way. I now know three different stances. <laughs> um, I've got a, I've got a Nick pick that I, I think a lot of people are going to like. I don't know if you, are you a fan of The Office? The American The Office? Yes. Yeah, I like the English and the American.
1: I, I'm one of those weird people that probably prefers the American one a little bit.
0: Yeah, me too. I think I I genuinely think that the American office at the beginning when they were trying to recreate just the British office yeah. it kind of wasn't standing on its own two feet but eventually when it figured out what it was I think that the office is one of the greatest pieces of television that we've made in our, in our generation. And uh, my nitpick is there is a brand new office podcast and it's made by Kevin from the office, whose real name is Brian. And he literally, and it's fascinating. Firstly, it's very funny because he doesn't speak like the cookie monster yeah. like he does in the show. Um, but it goes through the entire process of getting the office made. Wow. Um, and that so it would starts- be fascinating. It starts with uh, an American producer whose name I can't remember sitting in a hotel room one night flicking channels and seeing this British thing on, on the air and not knowing whether it was a documentary or <laughs> it was a comedy. That's and great. Yeah, and that guy uh, called Ricky Gervais the next day and said, I need, to, I need to recreate this. And it's really interesting because I think so many American remakes fail. Yeah. And so hearing about what it took to make the American office work I love it. Check it out. It's it's just called The Office. I'm pretty sure if you search it in any of your podcast apps, which you obviously have if you're listening to us, it's a uh, it's it's amazing to see the people that were uh, that uh,
1: were were uh, a chance to be in that show. Like, have if, if you gone back and, and on YouTube? It's available. There's a lot of uh, the casting reel stuff available on YouTube. Like Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen, yeah. There's yep. a few Bob Odenkirk, yeah. Heaps yeah. of them.
0: Um that's some of the stuff that they go through as well. Um yeah, really interesting. Story number 1. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has told sovereign citizens to get real. Nick, there's been a rise in the term sovereign citizen in the last couple of days. You might have actually seen it floating around a lot in connection with anti maskers. And if you haven't heard of it before, a sovereign citizen, it basically means it's a group of people who believe that there is a legal way for them to opt out of the current legal system and end your contract with the government and police. Um, One site that I found said that if you become a sovereign citizen, none of the laws, rules, taxes, court orders, or anything. By the illegitimate de facto government, have any more power or justification or jurisdiction over you whatsoever? Nick, should we all become sovereign citizens?
1: My uh, thought on this, and and this, this concept has been floating around by dickheads for a few years. My thought on this is the second that someone declares themselves a sovereign citizen, the Ow. police should legally be allowed to shoot them in the head. Because they have a... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because they... Wow. If, if that is the case... Mm. it's not illegal to do it. Like if this was actually a legitimate legal premise, which again, Uh it is a hundred percent not. not. uh, If they have said that and they've gone, I don't abide by the rules of this land, then surely whatever punishment is dealt them can't be put under the rules of this land either. Like it's really simple in my opinion that these people think that they can do this for themselves, but they can still reap the benefits of being a part of this country.
0: Well, it's really interesting because we've seen this sovereign citizen term pop up um, mainly when people in Melbourne are being pulled over at these roadside checks and they're refusing to give any of their documentation. And exactly like what you just said, they're saying, well, I'm a sovereign citizen, I'm not actually a part of your system. Really, mate, well, what are you driving on right now? Yeah, You're driving on a road. (laughs) Paid for by by tax. (laughs) Taxes, yeah. And what are you driving in? A car that's probably registered. To the Vic Roads or the RTA or whatever system you're a part of, so to be able to say, well, I pick and choose which rules I follow. I think you're right. Actually, if you want to opt out, I don't know if the police should shoot people immediately. No, do whatever
1: think- they want. No blanket rule. Like any, like if you're a sovereign citizen, we are allowed to do to you whatever we choose because that also, in- like Australians, I love us, but there's a few of us and it's the same people that that go over to bali and think that the laws of bali are the same as australia like yeah right it's a big world and if you say you're a sovereign citizen you have no understanding of how incredible uh, australia and the laws of our country are yeah. in comparison to some other countries out there and yeah. and how lucky we are for, how you think that there's a that that, that women in uh, Abu Dhabi. Oh, uh, that's a bad example. But you think that that women in certain countries uh in the Middle East can just be like, "No, I don't want to be oppressed anymore. I'm a sovereign citizen, and legally, I can abscond from these these customs and values and laws that have been built up over centuries and millennia." Like it's just such a fucking stupid thing to even think. And and we should take all these people, put them in Malin Bimbi and just set them on fire. Oh, my
0: God. I don't I don't know why you want to be violent towards all these people. I think, though, like at, I agree with what you're saying at the core, which is that basically, well, there is actually like a legal way to not be an Australian citizen, and that is to leave and <laughs> to go and become a citizen of somewhere else. Yes. And if you want to do that, then sure. Like this is the funny thing is there is literally nothing stopping you. Maybe some flight restrictions at the moment, but for the last however many years, if you don't want to declare yourself part of Australia, then leave. That's totally fine. But it really confuses me that these people want to live, work, hold down jobs and enjoy Australia and then all of a sudden opt out. It's become a real big problem. This is the uh, Victorian chief police commissioner. His name's Shane Patton. And he has said yesterday that it's become such a problem that in the last uh, 24 hours, they've had to smash the windows of four cars and pull people out after they say that they're sovereign citizens and refuse to answer questions or show documents. Um, Yeah, it's fucking nuts. They need to go. They, they need like- to go, and and one of those
1: anti-maskers as well that you're talking about smashed a female police officer's head multiple yeah. times into into a, a concrete path. Like it, these these are violent anarchists, and and I don't want to sound too much like John Laws, and I know I'm being I, I, I'm erring on the line of inciting of violence of extremists, <laughs>
0: but- Extremism.
1: They are extremists and they are the same reason that you, Tim, or someone sitting in Melbourne right now can't go more than five kilometers out of their house and has to abide by all these incredibly harsh restrictions. Like pull your heads in and get with the program. It's like Donald Trump, uh, coronavirus, just because we don't acknowledge it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. This is a thing that is bigger than us as humans. And we really struggle to fathom that. There's there's portions of our population that really struggle to fathom that.
0: Yeah. It's actually really interesting that you speak about it in such extreme ways because I actually did some research on where it came from. And originally the ideology popped up in the 70s in America and it grew um they basically found like an 1878 legal thing that they were like we're going to use this as a loophole which didn't exist in america and definitely doesn't exist in any other country (laughs) but but originally it was like it was a super anti-semitic group in the 70s because they believed that the government was being controlled by jews and then as it uh rose to prominence in in around the 90s it basically became a militia um by the time that it was spreading to Australia and Canada. And it's interesting that you said about the violent stuff because um, weirdly in the last week um, in the US, the most notable sovereign citizen was a person who is currently being accused of beheading his landlord, who is wow. now claiming to be a sovereign citizen. Um, and the Oklahoma City bomber from 1995, a guy called Terry Nichols, he was very famous sovereign citizen so it's very weird that it is actually so linked you know if you wanted to say i'm a sovereign citizen and try and live that life you'd basically just buy a farm and go and raise chickens yeah and and you can do that as well but it is actually ironically really linked historically to violent violent groups and well, it's pretty scary to see it coming to australia
1: tim i think the key thing we all learnt from the 70s is that cults definitely work <laughs> uh and that's why they have existed so successfully since then um so <laughs> like i don't know if that is the the
0: exact decade that Sign we us want to- <laughs> <up>. <laughs> all right story number 2 yeah story number 2 big question for you this this week Is Ellen (laughs) cancelled? So for much of this year, um, I'm sure you've seen this, Ellen DeGeneres has been under fire for secretly being very mean and creating a toxic work environment. And in the last 24 hours, executive producers of The Ellen Show have had a series of Zoom meetings with the entire uh, Ellen team promising to make some concrete changes amid some allegations of racism, sexual misconduct, and a culture of fear. An ex-staffer specifically said, Ellen didn't just turn a blind eye. Uh, She was a part of it. You cannot stand up in front of an audience as large as hers every single day for 17 years and say the words, be kind to one another and do what she did. So people are really turning on Ellen in a big way. And this story has been growing for months now. What do you think, Nick? Are you team Ellen?
1: Oh, I, I look. I, I'll be perfectly honest. I've never watched much of her show, and uh, I look. It's it, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time putting on a, a very altruistic face when, in fact, they're just terrible people, and that's a reality of life. I don't know why it goes hand in hand so often. I, I what I would like to say is like. This was very much part and parcel of the media landscape in both America and Australia in the 80s and 90s. And it is kind of refreshing that uh, both of us have worked in me, uh, well, in traditional media. You now work in digital media. I work uh, still in traditional media. Yeah, but and we both come from
0: – we met working in radio. Exactly. I've done some work in television, yeah.
1: And yeah. I would like to think that this culture is uh, being bred out of it a little bit there is still examples of this but i would like to think for the most part that that there is less of this people being attacked but ultimately i don't understand the whole cancel thing anyway i think it's the most stupid concept i've ever heard in my life because none of us have any say in it it's about corporations and corporations making decisions that benefit themselves it's not like it's not like we all pray to the giant hollywood god in the sky and then she gets burnt on a stake like you know, these are they, whatever's. it's like Coon Cheese, Coon Cheese changing their name. Coon Cheese wasn't canceled. The brand that owns Coon Cheese decided that decided it was- tar- to update. It, exactly. Because it was no yeah. longer financially uh, useful for them to do that. So I just, I, do you believe in the whole canceled thing
0: or canceled culture? Oh, it's a, it's a huge, huge question. Um, I do believe in the power of uh, people individually making decisions and um, that communally having an effect on corporations who then make decisions based on that. I think we've seen it really evidently with things like caged eggs. Um, like now, you know, 20 years ago when you went to the supermarket it was all caged eggs and then slowly there were a couple of you know non-cage options and now it's probably 90% free range or at least non-cage eggs Mm. and so that's that's really been brought on not because the corporations were like hey I feel bad for chickens but because people started buying more and more free range eggs and so they started offering more versions of it more products and now eventually that's largely what people are buying and what people are consuming so I do think that there is power in, uh, like the people have power nowadays and and that's really evident. I don't know so much about the idea of cancelling somebody and them not being able to work anymore. And I think to bring it back to the Ellen situation specifically, I think that there's a real misdirected or misguided um, malice and unhappiness that's going on. And I think that people are, it's almost naive for people to feel that because there's mistreatment on a show, the host of that show is responsible and needs to be brought to justice in some way. Yeah, and I think that's fair because, uh, and correct me if
1: I'm wrong, because uh, you know more about these stories than me, but um, a lot of the allegations were against two senior producers. Um, yeah, yeah. male producers who'd done some pretty nasty things, allegedly. And she, she probably isn't super, like the reality of this is with these big things, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes in, gets her makeup done, does the show, leaves. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's the way most of these, like if, if there was a bunch of producers being assholes on the Today Show, I highly doubt Carl Stefanovic would see that behavior or ever be exposed to it.
0: Yeah, because they would behave in a totally different way towards him, yeah. than they would towards their like underlings or employees. Um, yeah, I think it's I think that it's important that we do have these um, cullings of uh, you know some of the stuff that they're talking about, like sexual misconduct. Obviously, that's a hugely uh, serious thing, and one person has already been fired for that. I think there there might be a second person, but to to try and Ta Ellen herself with that same brush, as if she's a part of that. I don't know. The other I think, look. I,
1: th- I think the other in, interesting wrinkle with the whole cancel culture thing is the majority of people that are crying for her head probably have never watched the show. Like it's it it's a real, you know, I'm slightly left leaning, uh, but it's a real leftist extreme thing to be like, oh, I've never seen this, but this has got to fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. It's like with the cancel Guy Sebastian
0: stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which, which yeah. (laughs) Nobody was listening to Guy's, yeah. Um, I See, I think that there's something that's come up in this that I think is really naive and I wanted to touch on as well a little bit. So in that quote that I read out, it said, you cannot stand up in front of an audience as large as hers every single day for 17 years and say the words, be kind to one another and do what she did. And I think that that raises a really interesting kind of conversation, which is their accusation is, or what they're saying is, how dare you create a positive show? And let's—I mean, it is overall, it's a positive show. It shares love and compassion and positivity, and tries to put that into people's days. Mm. And the question is, how can you create a positive show if behind the scenes you are not necessarily positive? And I think the answer is. That's the machine. Like, that's th- that's how the media works. You make like a great... Like,
1: imagine if she came on every day and she was like, all right, guys, get gropey. <laughs> you you raise a great point. Mean? Like, what type of show do they want her to do? <laughs> do they
0: want her to come out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But But even like... In order to create, and she has been on for 17 years and she's been the number one or potentially number two if you compare it to Oprah, kind of talk show host. And the standard of content that she is creating every single day for 17 years, that's literally uh, probably over 10,000 shows that they've done. And if... You are working on that show and somebody comes in and they go, hey, I'm so sorry, we were supposed to have Justin Bieber jumping out of a cake, but I forgot to order a cake. And behind the scenes, they're like, hey, that's all right. We're all about positivity. We'll just scrap that even though we've got Justin Bieber to come in. Like, no, the greater goal here is to create that big positive product. Mm. And unfortunately, the cost is very probably, that would have to be a tight, tight machine behind the scenes, and the idea that because it's a positive show, it needs to be a positive situation, no way. This is like a really, really high-level organisation, and I'm not surprised that it's harsh to work in. Yeah. you
1: Look, you make a great point, and and I think to further that argument... Every single human being has good days and bad days. Like even yeah. myself today, I'm feeling a little bit flat and and the the weight of the world is weighing on me a little bit. That doesn't mean I got on uh, my radio show this morning and told everyone I think they're dickheads and, and hate the world and stuff. You 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 When you are in a position where you're putting on those things, you do put on a mask and you do try to brighten people's yeah. days because that's your bloody job. So it doesn't matter if you're feeling off, you've still got to stand up and do your job. And and you're hundred percent right. There is high pressure stakes, and sometimes you got to remind yourself that it's not brain surgery and it's not mm. heart surgery, and you're not uh, you're not at that level. And some and there are people that treat it that way, and I don't think that's a great attitude to have either. But you're hundred percent right. It's not life is not sunshine and rainbows every day. But if they are trying to create this positive product, and they're trying to create something that does help people. Then that that largely should be a good thing. This, the seventeen years that she's brightened, you know, hundreds of millions of people's days across yeah. the world. That that should uh, have some weight.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think to throw it all away and really question somebody's validity now because of and I want to remove the sexual misconduct stuff because that's obviously not something that one hundred percent appropriate. Yeah. But yeah, but because of a, a quote unquote toxic workplace or a very harsh or mean workplace. It's like, I think that welcome, I think that could be the the price of creating a a product at that level, potentially.
1: Yeah, they don't go into coal mines uh, singing children's songs. Like, you know, the world in general is pretty bloody harsh. When you get into the real world and the corporate world or or, or the trades world, it's a pretty bloody harsh environment. And, And ultimately, what Ellen and her team do is a job like anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, you ready for story number three? Let's do it. Story number three. Aussie comedian is in hot water over a joke about, get ready for this, the New Zealand Mosque Massacre. This is a this is a heavy one, Nick. Yeah. Um so there's an Aussie comedian. His name is Isaac Butterfield. You might recognize him. He has like a big beard and he's kind of in his late 20s. He's got a comedy special out now called Anti-Hero. And I want to make sure that we're all really on the same page here. So I'm actually going to read out the joke that he told. Okay. um, So that we can really not, because I think the the context, everything is very important here. So Mm. this is his joke. This Australian extremist storms this building, this mosque, this room where people were saying their prayers and going about their business. For me, the saddest thing about that it wasn't the 52 people who were killed. It wasn't the countless others who had their lives changed forever because their family members were taken from them. It was the hundreds of people that night who couldn't make it home from nightclubs in Christchurch because all the cabbies were dead.
1: Mm, that's a, it's a bad joke, yep. isn't it? It's it's like it's, it's not even a uh, particularly... Like I don't want to shit on him because I think comedy has never been harder to do. Uh, but I mean, it's a bad joke and it misses and you would think usually with comedians and this is interesting. I would love because you are way more in this. Both of us have done stand-up comedy in our lives, uh, to varying degrees of success. Certainly you more so than I, and you've taught it, but this is usually the type of joke that I would think that once it doesn't land at a couple of open mic nights or a couple of live sets, you wouldn't usually include it in your, Um, in in your recording for- your comedy special. for your special. Uh, And I also think it's interesting because maybe he did, like, because we've both been to open mic nights and you usually open mic nights can often descend into comedians just trying to get a shock laugh by making a joke like that. But there is a very big difference between nervous laughter and genuine laughter.
0: So the interesting thing is I obviously watched- um, not his whole special, but just the clip of this. And there is like an awkward moment and then laughter breaks out and then a round of applause Wow! grows from the audience, which I was really surprised by because I also, I don't think it's funny. Yeah, I, um, I just, don't, I, I just I don't, don't think it's,
1: it's a necessary joke. joke. Like I think he's got, I'm familiar with him as a comedian. He does a lot of yeah. funny um, uh, YouTube videos about like, like 10 things that people think are wrong with Australia and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are pretty funny. They're, they're they're genuinely pretty funny. Like, then I'm not saying that he's like, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy in Delirious, yeah.
0: but they're fine. Um, my, yeah, it's my, interesting. It's, so the question that this is obviously spurred is: Should we police comedy? Um, there's been a huge debate going on online on Twitter. Um, some people have tweeted things like there will never be a time when that joke is acceptable. People have labeled it despicable, disgusting, sick. There's a whole bunch of stuff floating around. Um, and then some people have defended it and they've said, uh, it's fine. Stop crying. It's comedy. Comics say fucked up shit. It doesn't mean they actually believe it. Um, somebody else said comedians made hundreds of, and there have been hundreds if not thousands of jokes who have uh, included 9-11 in Punchlines um, and included other terrorist attacks countless times. So, I mean, without getting into that joke specifically too much, because I think it's pretty clear that we both think it's a shitty joke. Yeah. Um, and I, the same as you, I don't know how that made it into the DVD. Um, like, do you do you police comedy? What do you think the answer is? No. I don't. I don't think you police co- comedy. I think he puts this out
1: there and then he has to live with the repercussions of it. And that's what comedy is. That's where mm. we find the line and people step over the line. Um, so, no, I certainly don't think you can police comedy. Uh, I, think, I think, and we've both probably been in enough open mic nights to see enough weird shit and enough terrible jokes to know that, like, mm. there's worse stuff said. There's, that's not a particularly funny joke and there is just some real weird hateful racist shit that gets said but yeah like that gets weeded out over time by people not laughing and that's where that's where some comedians do find the line I think it's interesting about and and yes there has been a number of jokes made about 9 eleven there's been a number of jokes made about the Holocaust generally and I think uh, I, I my mind when you said 9 11 immediately goes to a really famous example of of a top line uh Excellent comedian who's really hitting his straps, and that's Pete Davidson. Uh, oh, yeah. And he jokes a lot
0: about 9-11. But uh, his dad was a fireman who died in 9-11. Exactly. And so there's a therein totally lies sense of the sense of ownership. Yeah.
1: Exactly right. There's a sense of ownership through all these things. And as far as I'm aware, uh Isaac Butterfield yeah. is not uh, Muslim. He's uh, also was not affected, and I and I and I am aware that he, uh, after that attack, um, immediately after that attack, put up a YouTube video condemning it and saying how he horrible did. it is. But at the same time. It's not your place to joke about it. It's like if a straight comedian came on and made a bunch of homophobic jokes. Like Mm -hmm. gay people can joke about uh, their personal experience of being gay and growing up and the persecution they've experienced. But there's a huge difference between self-deprecation and just shitting on people.
0: I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And I think that for this specific joke, for this specific example, we're talking about a white Australian man going into a mosque and killing a bunch of people. And here we have a white Australian man making jokes about their death. And that is the epitome of punching down because you have these people who don't have, they don't have a microphone. They don't have a show. They can't punch back. They can't say anything back. And they have been deeply affected, deeply wounded and very recently wounded as well, which I think is, I mean, I mean, the timing is just off. Um. Yeah. And I think that as a comedian, he needs to have the sense to acknowledge, to recognize whether or not he fits into the category of people who can, who can even go near any of that. Yeah. And, and probably have the
1: sense to go. And, and it's, it, for me on a personal level, it would be okay for him to come out and say, I fucked up. I crossed the line. Yeah. That was a really stupid joke. Uh, I'm a comedian and I'm going to make really bad jokes. And I, I apologize for that. It was really bad and I should have known better.
0: Do you uh, think that anything should happen to him? You know, we've spoken about cancel culture and stuff like that. Like, should there be a repercussion?
1: Well, pe- the people that like him will go and the people that don't won't. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, it, it's, it's a self regul com- The great thing about comedy is it's a self-regulating system. Like, it, he'll either sell out his next tours and, you know, there's, there's a, a great example of a guy that's still touring Australia and he's still doing exactly the same stuff and 90% of it is pretty racist and that's Rodney Rood. Yeah. Uh, and there's still people that go to his shows. So it's really, it is hard to cancel comedy. I, one thing I would like to do uh, and just quickly is to ask you from your personal experiences as someone who has taught comedy at quite a high level, which, which people might not know, um but you have you've taught comedy do you think that comedy over the past decade has been cheapened by youtube comedians getting 30 minute 40 minute sets straight from their youtube videos as opposed to going to open mic nights and doing tight 5 minute sets and then growing that to 10 minutes and then going to 15 and then becoming an mc and you know yeah uh, following I, that process
0: yeah i mean i think that it's it's a really interesting point because um, you also kind of compared uh, Isaac Butterfield earlier. You said, like, he's not an, um, uh, an Eddie Murphy. And mm. if you think about the comedy specials that we saw when we were younger and we were growing up, comedians had to get to an incredible level before mm. they were able to put out a special. And so it really meant something. Like, you think of watching... The Robin Williams specials, or or even like when Ricky Gervais started doing stand up comedy, uh, Eddie Izzard, um, you, you know these incredible comedians. Uh, Louis C.K. I know is another contentious name, but but I think about when I first saw his special, and there was a really high standard. And- well, just
1: just can I interject quickly, just to break it down. How often should you hear a joke when you're when you're listening to a stand up comedian? How often should you hear a punchline or, or a, oh, a little up?
0: Like between every 10 and 20 seconds. Exactly. And I don't think
1: people, uh, that's not something I knew until I got uh, started doing a little bit of comedy. And I just want to point out, uh, you know, before anyone throws beers, I was shit. I was (laughs) super, super shit. And it is a super confronting thing. And if you ever want to take a good look at yourself, go try to do five minutes. Go do it. Yeah. Go do it. So But like when you see these YouTube comedians, I actually sit there and I'm like, how come there hasn't been like an up or a punchline or something for two, three three minutes?
0: (laughs) Yeah. The thing is they're actually not good enough yet. And Mm. I mean, I say that not being incredibly successful as a comedian, but you can still see when somebody is doing some great work. And I think that unfortunately, Isaac Butterfield isn't doing good enough work yet to be touching on any of these, these topics. I have I'm I am torn though because it, on one hand I like the idea that the world will just you know in the same way that capitalism will reward good business and will punish bad business and better businesses will do better you kind of hope that good comedians will attract audiences and they will get a following and they will be able to stay in the game and keep putting out specials and if you do bad comedy like this guy that it's going to teach him or he's going to stop doing it my fear is we do actually have hate speech laws in, in this country and mm. I worry that there will be people who will attend his comedy shows, not because they think he's funny, but because he's politically incorrect and they mm. will enjoy being able to see somebody say that. And I love the idea that it will self-police, but also I don't want the comedy sphere to slowly become a place where radicalism is, uh, is promoted. Yeah, um, but it's
1: not, I, I think that's an overreach because it's, it's right now. I, I will, I, I, I would say it has never been uh, outside of the stuff we were just talking about. It's never been, what I would say is it's never been harder to be a great comedian. It's never been like Joel Creasy is a fucking good comedian and reckon, it's never been yeah. harder to be a great comedian because it is different. Like we referenced Eddie Murphy delirious and that's considered yeah. one of the top five top three top two with maybe like a dave Chappelle or a louis ck special yeah percent yeah. of if he did that if he got up and did delirious today it, he would oh, be wouldn't, work. Yeah. No, it wouldn't work exactly yeah. so i do think that comedy has reached a more inclusive more accepting level than it has ever been which also means it is harder to do well um So you've always got these fringe outliers and there's always, as I said, I hope he uses it as a learning experience. And generally in the arc of a comedian's career, he would have ironed that out before he got to the point where he had a 40 minute special, special, because that's very hard to do. If you think about a joke every 20 seconds, 15 seconds for 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's a challenging thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or an hour or two or 90 minutes, depending on your... The length of your special. Yeah. yeah,
1: And it is, it's a weird world. Comedies are really, comedies are really, really weird. Well, like, I mean, Robin Williams could do the same set for 25 years. And now I think comedians feel like they have to have a new set every single and they, yeah. and they have to release a new special every year.
0: Yeah. Because of the internet, because yeah. people can see it from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's completely changed. It's really interesting. I hope, I really hope that he learns a lesson from this. I hope that his career isn't ended over it but mm. i i hope that he apologizes and i hope that yeah he he learns it's i think it's a really hard time for comedians it's fun. i don't want to be i don't want to be too sympathetic towards him because i'm more obviously my greatest sympathies go to the victims yeah the and callous the, the people things. hurt
1: by his callous words yeah
0: yeah but um i would like to see that he can grow from this we'll see what happens i agree absolutely <laughs> all right well that's the end of our stories for this week, Nick Stewart. Thanks for taking right. the time to sit down. Episode number fourteen of Off Air. I
1: know. Thank you, mate. And hopefully everything's a bit more up next week. And and hopefully the world is a slightly positive place. I think there's going to be hard times ahead, specifically for people in Victoria. And I know I've ragged on Victorians early on this podcast, and I do feel uh, I just I I feel so terrible for the people there that are that are working hard to try to contain this and the frontline yeah. workers specifically.
0: What were your, yeah, speaking of jokes that don't age well, what did you say to all Victorians? What did you say to them? I'd, I'd fight them. <laughs> Come to Queensland and <laughs> fight me?
1: Hey, it was a different time, man. You got to take it in the context of the time, it's like,
0: okay? It's like three episodes ago. <laughs> hey, I said you- stay away
1: from Queensland and I hate to say it, but I still feel that way. I got to be honest with you. I'm not, I, 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 there is every likelihood that this will occur in Queensland as well and every other state in Australia. And I am not looking forward to it just as much as I and I and I know that people down there would be just six. I know six weeks in the grand scheme of life is a short amount of time, but when you have that hanging in front of you, it's 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 got to be a harrowing feeling.
0: Well, um, if you've got six weeks on your hands like I do, and you don't know what to do with yourself, um, and you listen to our podcast, jump in our Facebook group. It's off air. Just jump on Facebook. It's a private group so you can join and we chat about all the different topics that we get into. We Nick and I genuinely love to hear what you think of the topics. If you have different opinions on them, we would love to hear them. Or so if you've got we- topics. Or if you have topics, save me some time. Please. Send us a message. <laughs> um, all right, we'll jump out of here, but have a great week and take care of yourself, everybody. See ya. Love ya.